Mount's in the middle. And what a finish that is. Mason Mount. That is extraordinary from Fikayo Tamori. Loses Callum Hunt to the door. And there it is. His first goal. For Chelsea, the teenager, a moment he will remember. Hello and welcome back to the Chelsea Sport Podcast. I'm Orlando and today, after a while off, I'm joined by Dan again. Good to have you back, mate. How are you doing? Hi, mate. Good to be on. Obviously, a bit of a disappointing result today, but I think we like to put a bit of positive spin on things. So, um, yeah, but it's good to be back and we'll, I'm sure we'll chat about the Villa game shortly. Yeah, that's right. So, we are recording directly after Chelsea's 1-1 draw with Aston Villa at Stamford Bridge. Quite a lot of... Reactionary takes flying around on Twitter, but some level-headed ones as well. What's your overall thoughts on the game, Dan? Um, I think that we played actually quite well today. Um, it wasn't a stellar performance, so I'm not trying to say that at all. Um, and I'm not just trying to make a positive spin on it for the sake of it. But I think if you look at the performance, it was vastly improved compared to the game against Arsenal, where we were pretty poor, um, especially considering... A few of the guys in that team played 90 against Arsenal. So you had Kante, Mount, Chilwell, who just came back from the injury. Um, and a few of the other guys played 90 in that game. And then the guys who didn't play him were playing second-choice options, such as Rudiger and Christensen, and, and, and you know, um, Aspilicueta and a few more. Um, so it was a rotated side, whereas Villa were at full strength. Um, Villa have been one of the best teams in the league this season. Uh, they beat Liverpool 7-2. Um, they've had some great results so I don't think actually the result is, although we needed a win I think in the grand scheme of things a draw isn't actually that bad of a point um, I think just because of our current run of form you know we've lost 4 out of 5 or 4 out of 6 whatever it is it, that 1 point seems worse because we do kind of need 3 points at the minute but um, I think if you actually just take it um, with a bit of perspective uh, the performance the performance wasn't too bad I don't know if you agree yeah, I think a lot of people really underestimated Villa going into this game because I think, I'm not sure if it still stands like that, but before this game, they were actually second on points per game. I think they have two or three games in hand. But, you know, you often see teams who you don't expect to that high up in the table at times and people think, oh, they'll regress to the mean, they'll they'll go down soon, they'll, they'll find their normal level. But that is their normal level if you want to look at you know, underlying metrics, expected points, that is how good they are. They are a legitimately good team. So I think, you know, while obviously it's Chelsea-Aston Villa is a game you always fancy Chelsea to win and you want them to be winning it, it's not a catastrophe to not win. Uh, And especially as we're getting the one point, especially as you said, I think we made seven or eight changes. They made only one and that was enforced because of Tyrone Mings' suspension. Um. We're going to go through the goals in the game. Um, Chelsea did go 1-0 up through Olivier Giroud, starting after, in the place of Tammy Abraham, not dropped to the bench, but I guess rotated in for him. Um, what are your thoughts on that goal, Dan? I mean, Chilwell, his, me and you are advocates of him before we signed him. We, if you people go back to listen to the podcast, obviously we're heavily linked to Alex Telles and Tagliafico and a few other guys at left back, and we, me and you, were always saying Chilwell's the guy, man. And yeah. again, he's done it again. It's another great ball into Giroud, who at the near post. I saw someone, I think it was um, one of your mates, Orlando, tweeting "Death taxes and Olivier Giroud at the front post." I can't remember who it yeah. was. Um, yeah, and it, it's ba- it's bang on, um, and it was a great, it was a really good header. Most people would struggle to finish that with 
uh, their feet. Yeah. Um, he's managed to like wrap his neck around the ball <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. post past arguably the best keeper in the league this season as well. So that was a really good finish by him. Um, good ball by Drew initially with a little flick to find Mount. Shuffled it out wide and then, yeah, a good ball in by, by Chilwa, who um, was playing really, really well for us this season. Um, Got to give credit to Mount as well for his role. Yeah, definitely. I think he fired it into Giroud. Um, I think it, it was like a, a big switch. He took it down really efficiently and, and fired it into Giroud in, in a few touches. Yeah, and then he got it back from Drew, I think, and, and shuffled yeah, it out exactly. to Chilwell, who put the ball in. So, yeah, it was good, good play by Mount, who has uh, he's not really getting in the score sheet and, and that stuff as much this season, but he's still one of our most influential players in midfield. And you've got to remember, he is playing in quite a deep role for us, mm. so he's not going to be necessarily scoring as much as some of the other guys. It's not necessarily his job in the team, but he does pose that threat, and he is more creative than people think. So, yeah, credit to him in the build of that as well. Um, it came at a good time because Villa had a bit of a spell, I think, just before. And we went ahead. Uh, we did look quite confident at that point, but obviously um, they went on to to equalise for uh, Anwar Ghazi, who's in good form. Actually, I think he scored in each of the last three games for Villa now. Um, yeah, yeah. I thought like we'll come on to in a minute, and you'll speak about. You know, there's a lot of controversy over the referee in this goal, which I'll let you speak about in a second. I think Mendy maybe could have done a little bit better, but. It's harder than you think when the player's volleying it from a yard away from you and it kind of just gets between your legs. I think we'd probably all kick off a little bit if that was Kepa. <laughs> um, so, but so you've got to be fair and say, you know, Mendy probably should have done better. But I think ultimately that goal, I wouldn't pin the majority of the fault on to, um, on to Mendy on that one. No, and I think even if Mendy should have done better, if Mendy had saved it, everybody would be saying El Ghazi should have done better. So, you know, it's the kind of chance that regardless of how well El Ghazi does with it, you cannot be giving up. So I'm going to do my sort of like referees analysis on this goal because there's a lot of, as you said, Dan, controversy surrounding it. Basically, there shouldn't be any controversy. It's really simple. Um, Frank Lampard in his post-match interview um, said that he saw a handball. I think it was Matt Target. Um, It was about two minutes before the goal. We cleared it twice before that. So, first of all, it wasn't actually, you know, a handball in terms of the, the definition in the laws of the game of a handball. It just kind of ricocheted up and hit him. So, the referee is completely correct to not give that. Because of the relatively new law that um, if a ball touches a player's hand and they go and score in the same phase of play, the goal must be chalked off, regardless of whether it was, you know, an intentional handball or whatever. Um, and... You know, pretty pretty much everyone is in agreement that that rule is absolute rubbish, but that's the way it is. However, it was not in the same phase of play that Anwar Agazi scored. I think Rudiger had both a um, a clearance with his feet and an aerial clearance um, until the ball came back round to Matty Cash, I think it was, who crossed it into El Ghazi to score. So nothing for that. The same goes for the alleged foul on Andreas Christensen from Jack Grealish, which was definitely not a foul on Christensen in the first place. If anything, it was Christensen making the foul. Just a bit of a coming together between those two. But if Grealish... Sorry, if um, it had been a foul on, on Christensen, which it wasn't, but even if it had, VAR still cannot come back to that because it was in a complete different phase of play. So... Yeah, just to clear that one up, completely, you know, valid goal. The only thing I would say, this is not anything to do with the referee or the VAR, but it is just unfortunate that we're defending that goal with a man down and a man who would have been 
occupying the space that El Ghazi, you know, got into to score. So I guess that was a reason for, for them having so much space, but not really one that we could do much about. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, like you say, it, I don't think it was a foul on Grealish and the handball with miles away. And a lot of people recently have been complaining a lot about referees. People seem to think, yeah, again, there's an agenda against Chelsea, which I don't think is true. <laughs> um, the ref in the first one with the handball, it was a handball. However, it was very close to Matt Target and it just hit his hand as Blaquette tried to play it down the line. Also, the referee was literally on the other side of the player because it was on, on the byline. So if anybody you want to moan out there, it's the linesman for not spotting it. But even then, it was that's not... It was so long before the goal anyway, it's irrelevant. It, we wouldn't be talking about that handball two minutes before a goal if, you know, if Christensen wasn't lying on the floor and he cleared it away, um, like you say. So, um, I think Christensen, it, it, the challenge was a clash of shins, so it probably did, you know, hurt him. Um, I think it, it frustrated me a little bit because as soon as the goal went in, he was like straight back up. So, as soon as, the, as, soon as, the, as soon as the ball's dead, he's up. So, I was like, it's clearly not that bad to be lying around on the floor that long. The ref clearly isn't stopping it. He needs to get back up and get in the box, in my opinion. I think you, you could also equally say that the other player should have kicked it off though if he was lying down that's true I agree because uh, like I say Rudiger had the chance to kick it out twice and, and mm. they didn't so I don't actually blame Christians I don't blame Christensen for conceding that goal I don't actually specifically blame anyone if anyone you know like I say Rudiger probably should have put it out Mendy could have done better Christensen probably should have got up after being down for about a minute and the ref and, and the play not stopping um but it was a great ball my Matty Cash and El Ghaz is in scoring form he, he seems to be quite good at getting on the end of crosses. Uh, Trezeguet does that a lot for them as well. I think is injured because he's not been playing recently. Yeah, uh, right. and he scored against us um, a couple of times by basically yeah whip balls in um, and they volley they volley shots in the back post. That's what Villa score against us. That seems to be what happens, and it happened again. Um, and you know just after half time as well, um, which is kind of the sorry time to score. Um, <laughs> yeah, where in that first period, but. We're just in a bad run of form, and I, and I don't want, I don't think people should overreact. I think for the after that goal, Villa didn't have that much more chances. We we did dominate the rest of the game. Um, we didn't create any huge huge chances ourselves, but I don't think we looked particularly bad. Um, I don't think we look a little bit. I wouldn't say out of ideas, but our creativity creativity at the, at the minute relies a lot on the fullbacks, and obviously we didn't have Reese James in this one. As quite isn't quite as good again as his positions. Um, Chilwell played well. Uh, was really a threat down there. Right at the end, they had a really sweet volley that went just like about an inch wide of the far post in like the 92nd minute. It would have been such a good goal. And he has got that in his locker. Um, I just want to give a shout out to that flank today because Chilwell against Matty Cash is one of the most elegant <laughs> clashes I've ever seen in my life. Two great English fullbacks going at each other. But yeah, um, but yeah, like I say, I think, I think we played all right. Uh, Got to give a shout to the man who created that chance for Chilwell at the end as well, Callum Hudson Odoi. Brilliant display from him, wasn't it? Yeah, I was going to I was going to come on to that. I think Hudson Odoi was excellent. Was great in the forty-five minutes against Arsenal as well. Got the assist to Tammy, which he he earned. Um, and today he was putting great crosses in. He was looking bright on the ball, trying to make things happen. Um, he, he seems to actually have a bit more of an eye for a forward pass, like between defenders more than other people. He doesn't always just want to play it sideways he sometimes does when he comes inside just because it's naturally the option if Asperger stood there or whatever but yeah he was really bright um, Pulisic was bright on the other side as well uh, his sort of dribbling and forward thinking was was good uh, he just lacked a bit of that sort of finishing touch uh, once he got into the box he missed a couple of chances Werner missed a half chance which was actually a pretty tough one um, 
towards the end of the game, it kind of bounced up and he just hit it over the bar. It was only a half chance. I, I doubt like, Tammy or Giroud would have finished that most of the time either, so I wouldn't read too much into that miss, um, despite him not scoring in for the last 10 games. Um, but yeah, I mean, Orlando, I'm sure we're going to do some player ratings in a bit, but just like on that second half, I don't know if you agree that uh, I think we I think we played pretty well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do think like... I, I tweeted this out directly after the game, but I I do think that it wasn't a bad performance at all, and I, it, some of some aspects of it were were really pretty good. I thought we progressed the ball well down the flanks, as you said, Dan. Especially when you consider that Reese James has probably been our number one creative outlet this season. So without him to still be progressing the ball, um, you know, down that right flank with the same or at least a similar amount of um, efficiency is a good thing and and you know really encouraging signs in Callum Hudson-Odoi's performance I thought Mason Mount was great thought Ben Chilwell was great I also thought the two centre-backs Christensen and Rudiger coming in yeah you know from not having played in quite a while aside from the goal where you know we, we both said that both of them could have maybe done better but you know that's just you know yes they could have done better but it's not something that you're you know screaming at them for getting wrong it's not a you know glaring error so aside from that I thought both of them were actually really solid um I thought in possession it's hard because you know there's such a stark contrast between Thiago Silva and all our other centre-backs he's just so much more efficient on the ball but I do think that they moved it relatively quickly they they um you know didn't make any sloppy passes some nice switches from Christensen out to Pulisic on the left I think um, so, yeah, I think overall it was actually quite a good performance. Obviously, the kind of game that you want to win on another day could have easily won it with the few chances that we had, especially at the beginning. Pulisic had two relatively big chances, one where he fired just wide and one where he was like kind of off balance and, and it was over. We also scored and it was offside. Pulisic was offside in the build-up. Um, so, you know, it's not like anything terrible. Um, something I wanted to discuss was the conundrum that Frank Lampard has. Does he play Olivier Giroud or Tammy Abraham? Because Giroud does seem to score pretty much every time that he starts. But I can't help but thinking that, you know, Tammy offers so much more in, in general play, um, which is not something, you know, we're accustomed to saying because Giroud has... Um, over the years, been so good at being a target man, holding up the ball, bringing other teammates into play. But I think Tammy Abraham has arguably surpassed him in that regard and does more. Yeah, I, I agree on that. I think Tammy um, is very unique, actually, as a striker, in that he's mm. the build and size of a target man like Giroud. But he doesn't kind of do that role at all. He's improved his hold-up play a lot, actually, this season, so he can do that side of it. But he is more of a sort of getting behind, make runs um, into the channels at times. He's even come out wide at times this season and, and, and that kind of thing. So I think he is quite unique. Uh, he's actually a joint top scorer this season. Uh, he's got a good amount of assists under his belt as well. He's contributing a lot in the attack. Um, I think he's criminally underrated by non well by Chelsea fans and non-Chelsea fans. He actually is one of the best strikers in the league. I'm not a stats Guy, I like to judge football off my eyes, but you can look at the stats as well if you want to back it up. I saw that he 
in terms of like non-penalty goals, um, I think it was like per 90 minutes, he's like right up there in the Premier League with Salah oh, yeah. and those guys for, for his record. So you can't really doubt Tammy's ability. Um, saying that, Drew, like I say, does score pretty much every time he starts. I just don't think we play as well when he starts. Uh, I think it takes away from like the sort of dynamic element of our team. Um, if if I'm honest, I just I've said it before. I, I actually do want to see Werner through the middle with like Pulisic and Adoy on the wings, or when ZX back, obviously he him in there as well. I think Werner on the left for for our side isn't acting as that sort of inside forward. He he is quite deep and he's he's got the responsibility to create on him, which isn't his game. Um, but I think he can be lethal through the middle. Um, or like I know that you like you said actually. If he's still pretty good on the left if you've got someone like Ziek on the right who's going to be cutting in yeah. and being that creative guy. Um, so that's fine if Ziek's playing. Or even, think... even hudson Adoy. You know, it's yeah, just yeah, when Adoy. you have when you have a creative player on the right-hand side and Werner's on the left, that's fine because they show for it in possession more. They, you know, they not only do they make passes, but they also receive passes a lot more than, let's say, Christian Pulisic does. Pulisic is a great player, but he's a direct dribbler he loses the ball lots. That's the nature of yeah. his game. That's not a bad thing, but you can't, it doesn't work to have him on one flank and Werner on the other because what having, you know, a, I guess what you would call them is a high usage player, a sort of ball magnet in, in Hakim Ziyech or even Hudson-Odoi on the right, that allows Werner on the left to get closer to the nine, to make those runs in behind that we're so accustomed to seeing him make. Um, and he doesn't have to show for it so much in possession. And, you know, that makes the team tick, you know, that allows Ben Chilwell to get on the overlap on the left when Timo Werner's tucking into the striker more. This kind of thing, it's not... People, I often see people on Twitter saying, oh, Hakim Ziyech is out and we are bad. That's because he doesn't create. It's so much more than that. It's like the fact that we don't have a kind of ball magnet in the front three, it changes so much because... It, it changes the whole dynamic of the team. And that's why we look so good with the fullbacks marauding forward and getting crosses into the box and Mason Mount, you know, mixing it up and all these com- all this combination play. That's because that is enabled. And yeah. as soon as we start playing Pulisic and Werner on the flanks, it just, you know, it doesn't work because it's much more of a static front three. Um, and, and we're giving the ball away lots. Um so, yeah, obviously that will be improved with ZX return. But I think until then, we don't really know when that's going to be. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. But until then, um, yeah, hudson Doy has to play on the right-hand side. I think there's debate whether that's his best position. Is he better on the right or the left? I am one of his biggest fans. I've been watching him for years, and I can safely say that I don't know. Honestly, I yeah. think he's he's great on either side. There are positives and negatives of both Um much more positives than negatives. Um, so, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. And in this case, the team needs him much more on the right-hand side. So, I think it's so the thing with it. wingers. I think people read into it too much. I think any winger at the top level, which the Premier oh, League yeah. is, can play on both sides. It's, it's a agree. wide player. So Pulisic and Hudson-Odoi, it's not as, as um, linear as one is a le- the left winger and one is the right winger. They can both do both jobs. They both do switch throughout the game. Whether written on the team sheet isn't right. That's it. Hudson Odoi is hugging the right side the whole game. Pulisic is on the left side the whole game, and that's it. They do switch. There was a brief period in this game where Hudson did come over to the left, and they will do that if it's not working or if like 
Pusic can't get the best of Matty Cash, Hudson Odoi will switch over there, see what he can do. It's not as it's not a strict. It's not like it is on paper or in Football Manager, where one player's there, one player's there, and that's it. So, um, and like I say, any winger at the top level can play on both wings. So I, I don't think it's too deep really there. I, I'd like to see them both playing together. And uh, like I say, I'd probably for our next game like to see those two on the wings with probably Werner through the middle from the start and see how that goes. But at the same time, I'd feel bad with. You know, Tammy and Giroud are in scoring form, despite Chelsea's form being a bit off at the minute. They're, them two are actually scoring goals. So, um, yeah, I think I'd be happy to see that. But um, I think we should do some player ratings, Orlando. I was just going to bring in one more talking point before we do the player ratings. One thing that most Chelsea fans were in agreement with today is that the performance of Jorginho was not um, not magnificent, let's say. All listeners of this pod will know I'm not his his biggest fan, but you know I think when we saw him in the starting lineup, I think we all kind of accepted that he was going to start this game um, after not starting at Arsenal. Coming on at halftime, Frank Lampard praised his second part, half performance. I don't think that praise was necessarily deserved, but you know Frank Lampard gave it anyway. So that that indicates that he was going to start today. He did. He didn't perform that greatly. What worries me is not necessarily... Well, yeah, let's just say Billy Gilmore not starting the game. I think lots of people thought that he would. But not even warming up, not even coming off the bench is a worrying sign for me. And that's happened about three times in the, in the last few weeks um, when it was a game that Billy could have very easily played in. So do we think he needs to go on loan, especially with the Euros uh, coming up? He wants to get into that Scotland squad. Or is you know, is he going to get opportunities? Is he too valuable a player for us to let go? There are lots of different variables and factors. Yeah, I mean, I personally wouldn't um, want him to go on loan. I think he's literally better than Jorginho, as people are aware. Um, Me and you think that. I think um, he is a very good player, dynamic player, can play the six or the eight quite well, could even go in the ten, he has done at at times. Um, I wouldn't like him to go on loan. I, I want to see him playing. However, if like you say, he's not even warming up and coming on, similar to Tamori, who we know will be going out on loan. He may yeah. as well go on the loan for the second half of the season and play. He, he's Premier League quality. Um, and whether or not there'll be a Premier League loan there, I don't know, but it might be Championship or something. So it depends. I think it depends on the club that he'd be going to. Really, um, I wouldn't just send him out on loan for the sake of it. Uh, if it was a you know a club we didn't think would get the kind of best out of him in terms of development and minutes. Um, I'd rather keep him at Chelsea than that. But if the perfect kind of move comes up for a six-month spell, um, I'd do that. I, I imagine in the summer, we're probably likely to try, try our best to offload Jorginho. Possibly even Kovacic. Um, I, I think he will stay. I think Jorginho definitely will be trying to get sold. Um, so I think there will be a space for Gilmore. But then you've got to consider that we are definitely after uh, Declan Rice and Ampadu is on the books as well. So there's a lot of competition in there. No, yeah, I agree. I think it's just something that the club do need to consider just in terms of making sure that Billy's development isn't kind of halted because we saw him, you know, clearly uh, showing that he can perform at Premier League level, got man of the match against Liverpool, against Everton just before lockdown. You know, in Project Restart, he was playing and and playing well. He had a few games where he wasn't the best, but, you know, he's also, well, I think he was 18 at the time. So, you know, and he still hasn't made uh, 10 senior appearances yet. So 
you know, he he's clearly a, a very a player of very high quality, but he can't be sitting on the bench every week. He needs to play. He can't be, you know, you may say, oh, play him in the under 23s for fitness. That will do nothing for him. He is above that by far, and he's demonstrated that he is, and, and he needs to be playing. We're going to go into the player ratings now. Uh, first up, someone who's had a brilliant start to the season, but has not been as, you know, um, strong in the last few weeks, Edouard Mendy and goal. He come under a little bit of criticism on Twitter, but I think, do you think it's deserved? I'm not really sure, to be honest. No, I don't think it's deserved. I think today for a player rating, I was giving him a five, uh, five or six. I think he could have done better with the goal, like I said, um, but it is harder than it looks. And like you said, if he didn't save it, people would be saying, how did Elgar not save that? And they'd probably be going, oh, what a save, not, oh yeah, it's a normal save. So, um, but I think in recent weeks, his criticism has been a bit unwarranted. He made a mistake against Arsenal, uh, but then saved it anyway. So it didn't matter. He gave away, um, he gave away a the penalty, no, he didn't get away from a penalty, so he got rounded by Bamford at Leeds uh, yeah. when he kind of got caught in no man's land. But again, we went on to win anyway. Um, and then he was gave away the penalty the at Everton. That's the one yeah. at Everton. But I think other than that, he's been pretty solid. He was claiming crosses and stuff well today, and his distribution was good. So I'd, I'd just give him like a probably a six today. I think today, I just have to say, there was this I know it's only one tiny thing, but there was this pass from him out to Chilwell that was just like flat and it just skidded across the surface and it moved so fast and it was oh, it was a beautiful pass I, I left my seat after seeing that it was it was really really nice um but yeah obviously it's only one small thing but just something that's nice to pick up on we're going to move on to Mr Reliable yet again coming up with a decent performance even despite being out of the team for ages really as Plaqueta Mr Mr Reliable yeah, 7 out of 10, like he does every week. Solid defensively. Yeah. Um, was pretty all right, right down our right side. Uh, Drew the through fouls. Uh, was getting into people's ears because he's one of the few that does kind of give back, you know, like that. And, and yeah. kind of tries to get that influence in the game as well. So, yeah, 7 out of 10, like he does every week. I think people maybe will not notice this. Fine, you don't notice Azpilicueta being amazing. You also didn't notice Jack Grealish being amazing, which is saying a lot because he is pretty much unplayable every single week these days. Um, and a lot of that was down to Azpilicueta. Um, and that's not something that you necessarily notice, but, you know, it is definitely a big factor. Um, the centre-back pairing on the right-hand side, Andreas Christensen. Um, we've already said what we thought about his, his part to play in the goal, but I said, apart from... That I thought he was decent. I'm gonna go. I'd say six for me. Yeah, I'd just give a six to both centre backs. I think they're all right. Uh, yeah. Rudiger did one or two sort of sloppy passes and probably should have put the ball out uh, for their goal. Christensen, like I say, probably should have got up at some point for their goal. But if he was hurt, then he was hurt. So you know, um, only he knows that really. Um, I don't think other than I don't think any of them made any clear mistakes. Um, Villa are a very good team going forward, and they were they were nullified quite well, really. Um, so uh, yeah, I think they're all right, man. I'd, I'd give them both a six. Yeah, I know this is the same point I made with with Grealish, but Watkins is really a bully, and he has bullied a lot of centre halves this this season. So I get maybe he's a bit tired after you know Dean Smith didn't rotate his uh, any of his team, despite them only playing two days ago, but. You know, I, I think credit has to be given to, to Christensen and Rudiger. Um, ben Chilwell, for me, 
alongside Hudson Odoi is probably our best player. So I'm going to say eight for Ben Chilwell. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say seven or eight, probably an eight, because I gave Azpilicueta a seven, and I think Chilwell was a little bit more influential in the game. Uh, he's really good going forward, I think more so than people expected when we, we signed him. Um, he's got a wand of a left boot, and he's defensive solidly. Uh, sorry, solid defensively. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, but I think yeah, I think he had a good game down that left channel. But like I say, bear in mind, he played 90 against Arsenal uh, two days ago and was like... And he's been injured. And I know he miraculously was fit for that game. We all thought it was going to be Emerson as well. So to come back and play two 90s in 48 hours, uh, playing through pain like that, he had a little limp towards the end of the game. Um, but I don't think there's anything to worry about. And we've probably got a decent layoff to our next game now anyway, um, with City having their COVID issue. Uh, but even if even if not, we'll have at least sort of five or six days, uh, so I wouldn't worry about it. But yeah, eight, eight out of ten for for Chile B. Yep, agreed. Um, moving on to someone who I didn't think it was a great idea to start in this game because we have seen he's had some injury problems. And Golo Kante, I think he is quite clearly still our best player, um, the one that we rely the most on as well. We very very heavily rely on it on him. Um, didn't think it was his best game, but he was still, you know, even when he doesn't have the greatest games, he's still one of the better players on the pitch. So I guess six is six point five, maybe. I'd probably give Kante a seven. He gave the ball away a couple of times, and there's a couple of fouls that he made. Um, however, he had a couple of decent efforts on goal. There was a moment where Aspilicueta was caught out of position on the edge of their box, and they had a counter attack. Jack Grealish was bombing down that side, and we know how dangerous he is. Tried to do a cutback and Kante, again, a lot of people won't even speak about it, but it was a really crucial interception right it's sort of in our box there. Um, yeah. Just completely ended that attack. Um, and I think he, he moved forward in, in the game quite well. He was trying to play balls, um, spray balls out to Chilwell at times. He was finding hudson Adoy. He, he laid one back off to hudson Adoy, who had a decent crack on goal. Um, so I think it wasn't his best game for Chelsea. And he was, he's, he's been good this season, but I think he was, he was um, pretty positive in there. So I'd, I'd given Kante a seven. Fair enough. Um, how harsh am I going to be on Jorginho? <laughs> I just, I just have to say there was, there was this one. I thought about tweeting about it, but I didn't because I thought people would just be like, "Oh, why are you hating on Jorginho? Why, why so negative?" But I will say it on the pod because why not? Um, it's free speech. Um, there was this one. There was this one like uh, play which I thought really summed up Jorginho. It's like. He had the ball. Villa was sitting off. No pressure on him. He passed it straight to a Villa player. Um, it then got to Grealish. Grealish absolutely spun him. Um, or, I don't think Jorginho even tried to defend. No, he just I kind of ran away from Grealish. Grealish like, yeah. basically walked past him. And Gre- and yeah, he Jorginho ran away from there. Grealish. Grealish did like half and the then, body thing. <laughs> and then they, they got it wide and they put a ball into the middle and Jorginho got out-muscled by him again. So... Yeah, <laughs> McGinnis hench though. McGinnis hench. He is, but no, but true. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Not my, yeah. not my DM. I think I'm going to give him the number on his shirt, number five, which is maybe being a little generous. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I was going to five. I don't think he had an absolute disaster class. We've seen a lot worse from no. him. I don't think he made yeah. like glaring mistakes and was an absolute shocking player in midfield or anything. He didn't have like a bad display. He just didn't really do anything and didn't really offer yeah. anything. So yeah, just a five, which he does. Yeah, I agree weeks. with that. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, moving on to one of Chelsea's better players this season, um, Money Mace, Mason Mount. Absolutely love the guy. Um, 
I think it just you just have to respect this guy's consistency. Like it's crazy. Um I think he's I saw it on Twitter, he's the only player to start to play ninety minutes in all of Chelsea's last four games, I believe. And I also <laughs> I saw a very crazy tweet from at Rowden JRSG Rowden on Twitter saying and it's about how many career league games certain players have started. So he's gone for Daniel Sturridge, born in 1989, 127. Jack Wilshere, born in 1992, 133. Danny Welbeck, born in 1990, 143. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, born in 1993, 126. Mason Mount, born in 1999, 103. So That's nearly crazy. as much as those four guys who are all around 10 years older than him. That's um, crazy. So, you know, obviously you can interpret that in the way you want. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is he going to burn out? Is he just ridiculously fit? Probably a bit of both. Um, but at this moment, you just have to respect it. And, uh, you know, he's just, uh, as you said with Azpilicueta, it is really a 7 out of 10 every week. And I thought he was one of our better players tonight. But that's that's the norm, really. Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. 7 out of 10. Didn't do anything absolutely, you know stand out but again didn't put a foot wrong he's always full of energy despite the amount of minutes he plays he's clearly integral to Frank Lampard's system um, and also it's not just Lampard you go on about those league games there obviously a lot of them were at Vitesse as well obviously with, with nothing to do yeah. with Lampard uh, and so they, they he was relying um, they were reliant on him in the Dutch league as well so um, he had quality he had he, he he just gets it. He 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 knows what he's doing. He, he clearly actually hurts him after losses. He he understands it, and he's always trying his best, and he's always um, trying to make something happen and and have an influence on the game. He's not scared to have the ball. He always he always wants the ball. He's not shy. Um, from he, mm. if he makes a mistake, he doesn't care. He gets his head up and keeps going. That's what I like about Mason. But yeah, seven out of ten today, just a pretty standard performance for him. Yeah, agreed. Um, moving on to someone who I personally felt was man of the match or at least maybe I don't know if he was better than Chilwell I think they they hold the joint man of the match for Chelsea I think to be fair I think the real man of the match was on the other team and it was John McGinn but I thought Callum Hudson-Odoi was really really good tonight once again as we said earlier in the pod I'm going to give him an eight as well to to put him on par with Chilwell yeah I agree I'll give him an eight I think those two were our best two performers I think um, if Hudson-Odoi, I think he fizzled off a little bit in the second half. If he carried on um, from what he was doing in the first half, he probably would have uh, been putting in a 9 or a 10 and we might have even won the game. But he, either way, he was still positive in the second half as well. Uh, he was really good. His, his ball was kind of um, delivered across the box over to the left side. Um, a really good. Uh, that's the ball that found Chilwell for that volley at the end. Uh, and he was yeah. doing it a few times to Pulisic and a few other guys. Put in the, um, put in the ball for the disallowed goal as well. Uh, that Pulisic yeah. headed and was offside, and then Aspilicueta uh, turned in. Uh, but yeah, really good, really bright from Callum um, against Arsenal as well. So hopefully he kind of can genuinely get a run in the side now, and he won't just kind of be gone. Yeah, you played well, but you're back on the bench next week. But uh, yeah, eight out of ten for Cal. That has happened a few times, so we just got you know be fingers crossed now. Um, on the other wing, mentioned him just a second ago, Christian Pulisic. I think he's just. For me, I think Chelsea fans slightly underestimate how good he is for his age because he's he's still very young. I think he's only 21. Um, and he, he's just, he is silky. He's so good at dribbling. Holds on to the ball. Um, we saw it for, 
you know, where he set up Cal for the cross for Tammy's goal at Arsenal. But again, today, just loads of dribbles. He he had those two chances that I mentioned, did really well to, to make that, that first one into a chance for himself, latch onto the sloppy pass from Grealish, I think it was. Um, and then the um, the other one as well. Um, I think I'll give him a 6.5. I don't know if that's where, 7? I was going to say six and a half. I think he was good. Uh, yeah. with, like I say, he's dribbling and he's, um, he's always trying to create something. I just think that he lacked that final product today. Not a bad performance, though. I just don't think he was as good as he can be and he wasn't as good as the likes of Callum um, on the other wing. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's good. He's, he's 22. He, he's going to improve. Um, he, he, proved, he showed in Project Restart that he can have that goal-scoring side to his game as well, although he struggled with that a little bit this season. Um, but yeah, I think today he was he struggled he was, to he, get minutes at all this season. That's to be true. Fair. That is true. He has had injuries and stuff as well, and, and fitness problems. So that is true. I'm sure. Um, you know, running the side, he'll get back to that that little purple patch he had again. Um, yeah, he was just pretty pretty all right today. You know, he he was positive. So yeah, six and a half, nothing too special, but he was good. And on to the last one, the big man, Oli Giroud, um, got the goal, but didn't do that much else. I don't know if. A six is harsh for a goal scorer. Maybe seven might be better. I mean, I was going to say it was pretty whack, apart from the fact he scored. Like yeah, he, he didn't yeah. really do anything. He, he was actually misplacing a few little passes. He didn't really touch the ball. Um, no. goal. He was actually losing a lot of aerial duels as well from the long balls um, for some reason, which you don't see a lot. And the ones he was winning, he was just sort of heading to no one or straight to Villa. I know that's hard. It's a hard job to do. And there wasn't really anyone that tight to him, I don't think. The, um, like I say, Hudson Doe was staying quite wide. Um, so there wasn't really anyone tight to him to get onto those balls that he was flicking on, but um, he didn't really do anything. Uh, again, he didn't make any mistakes. He really, he didn't have he didn't play at centre back for Villa. Like it wasn't one of them performances. Um, but I don't think he did much. But he scored. Um, so you, you've got that's it. That's it. That is the number nine. Well, he's the number eighteen. But he was up front, um, and he got the goal in the one-all draw. So he got our only goal. So I. I, I if I'm going to give Pulisic a six and a half, I'll have to give Giroud a seven because he at least because he did score. So I'm going to say seven. Yeah. Right. So that that wraps up the player ratings. Before we wrap up the pod, just a slight look forward. It is unclear whether our game against Man City is going to go ahead after they had their their game earlier today against Everton called off. Um, there was some suggestion. I'm just seeing now on Twitter. There is some suggestion that. Um, Chelsea might insist on Sunday's game going ahead if City can field 14 players, which personally isn't a great look for Chelsea. Um, That's pretty cheeky because it's basically yeah. saying we need them to to field a uh, not fully strong side, isn't it? We yeah, need exactly. To name some some youth players in there. Um, it, I mean, it will give a better chance of beating them. I think at the minute we need a game that we're just going to win. Um, Get us back. To be honest, going, so. their squad is so crazy. They got a good academy. I don't know if their their team would be that. Uh, well, I was going to say City can't worse. name fourteen bad players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, them fourteen players, probably all fourteen of them would start for one Premier League team. So, even still, know. though, I think it is a very kind of insensitive action from Chelsea if they do insist that. So hopefully they don't. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't. I doubt they will, uh, and they probably wouldn't be able to force it anyway even if they could field 14 players so mm. you know if it's postponed it just means we've got a solid few weeks layoff not only to give everyone a bit of rest which they do need you know got a few guys recovering from injury and you know the the games we've just had in tight succession um 
but it also allowed Frank to get on that training ground and try and look, say, let, let's sort this format for our next game. Let's work on this. Let's work on that. Because we might even have the best part of two weeks before another game if that yeah. um, City game doesn't go ahead. Because it is actually also unclear whether the game, FA Cup game on the 10th against Morecambe will go, go ahead because they've also had the same thing as City. They've had to self-isolate. I know they did change the self-isolation period from 14 days to 10 days. So if that's the case, then the game will still be able to go ahead. But, you know, we've had, you know, things of players having low, long, long COVID, they call it. With We've seen Newcastle, I think Alan Sam-Maximan is really struggling. Lots of different players are being affected by it in different ways. So it's basically very unclear whether Chelsea will have another game for about two weeks, which could be a good thing because we've got quite a few key injuries to key players um, and we've just had you know two hard games in three days so it could it could be a good thing the main reason it's a good thing is because it means we don't have to see so much negativity yeah I agree because there's so much well. Lampard out and stuff I mean, it's give us two weeks break and then I'm sure we'll come back with a win and you know it'll all go away but at the minute it's just you know we're in a bad run of form of five games but people are quick to forget the 13 games before that were unbeaten. <laughs> we beat Sevilla 4-0 two, three weeks ago, uh, away from home in the Champions League. Um, you know, <laughs> people are quick to forget that. So yeah. it'll give us a little break from that kind of stuff, all that idiotcy, idiot, what's the word? Idiocy, idiocy. on the timeline. Um, and hopefully we can get back to a little bit of form. Um, it's, the, the issue with City is that they can't even train. So even if they can name 14 players, they wouldn't have been training. So it'll be a bit cheaper yeah. to, to force them to play. So I doubt that'll go ahead. So I think we will have a bit of a break um, for maybe 10, 10 days, two weeks, depending on how the Morgan game goes. But they could just reschedule a City game to like midweek or something. Um, so like they might not... delay it by three days or something. So Yeah, so I was going to say, obviously the two-week break is good, but that is also not necessarily a good thing because it might mean, you know, in February or whatever, we have games every three days, which is obviously not the greatest. So it's better if they're spread out. But, you know, what can you do? This is the way it is. Um yeah, not not really much else to say. Any final points, Dan? No, just Lampard in. <laughs> yeah, it. agreed. I will yeah. never say Lampard out. He's the guy. If you don't understand why, then I don't need to say anything else to you. Lampard in, man. Never, never, never anything else. Fair enough. And and with that, that's going to be a final word for both of us. We're going to wrap up the pod there. I do well. I won't ask you for one final word and that's just to say thanks for coming on <laughs> good to nah, chat to you nah good to chat mate good to be back on the pods uh, everyone stay positive yeah yeah I completely agree I just echo that message to you know at the end of the day yes you may feel strongly it's also just 11 guys running around chasing a circle so a sphere so you know don't don't let it get to you it is just football and it is also not even that serious you know underneath that so with that we've got super frankly lampard that's it exactly we will wrap up the pod there thank you very much for listening um please do check us out on our social media platforms if you haven't already at the chelsea spot on twitter and instagram the chelseaspot.com is our website for some great articles um and yeah this podcast is obviously available everywhere should you want to share it which we would very much appreciate So, yeah, that is the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you next time.